When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net. Brilliant goal! On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line. Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best. Good evening. Welcome to another new Spurs Order pod. I'll be your host, X Pack, fresh off the fresh off the draw last night. Actually, being at a stadium, courtesy of uh, a ticket from my good friend and co-host here, Scott Hall. How you doing? Hey man, um, very disappointed, of course, because I wanted us to lose. Uh, but you know. Uh, there's always, there's always Anfield. It should be a guarantee. Oh, Richarlison's body has arrived. I'm so <laughs> happy in my life. Hey, <laughs> all of your favourites. Let's go. <laughs> Let the king go. <laughs> So, yeah, we were just doing the introduction. Yell said he's disappointed. He's uh, not seen Spurs lose last night. But how are you doing, Tobes? Uh, Not great, but to be honest, I was a tiny bit encouraged by the second half performance against Man United. But in in short, not good. Uh, Spurs are crap. So, yeah. as long as Spurs are crap, my mood is going to be crap, unfortunately. Question, because oh, and you were at the game. Yes. I've seen some people on Twitter recently saying we should have won the game based on the second half. What's your take? I think we'll get into the overall things, but I think there was um, a, a various amount of good chances for both teams and the draws a fair result, to be honest. 
like if you're like we were just saying before we start the stream if you're bruno fernandez and you've not made long lay in the box there and you haven't tucked that away that close to goal and obviously they had a shot cleared off the line um as well as a couple of other like pretty decent chances like like they'd be disappointed they didn't put the game out of sight before we equalized to be honest so um that's that's my take on it and i think a few people in the group even predicted that it would be a 2-2 draw before we started like the the 2013 game at home after we got spanked by manchester city i think it was 13 it might have been 2011 i'm not too sure but it was a game after we got spanked by city we played united at home and drew 2-2 courtesy of a sandro screamer um Mm-hmm. I can't remember if we had a caretaker manager in charge then or not. No, we didn't. We oh, still yeah, had yeah. AD, we still had yeah. ADB, and then he got sacked um, probably like a week and a half later when we got battered by Liverpool. Yeah, the five 0 at home. Yeah, Suarez, Suarez gave us nothing but Talaliska. That was listen that that defeat was hot. That was a that was a crazy question, and I remember that day vividly as well. I came home from the game. I was just like, get him out. And it, was, it wasn't it was even just Suarez. We got battered by Sterling. We got battered wow. by Henderson. They had no they had no storage. The whole thing was no storage, no Gerard Sora, like Liverpool. Yeah, no. like Spurs, maybe they can get a pick-me-up. They said, no, we're even going to go harder. We're going to go harder. Hold on. Is that the game, correct me if I'm wrong, was the first goal a lob? Uh, the first goal was... Uh, yeah, one of the, so, was, with Suarez. The lob and it was that was it i was like this game is over off the lob i was like no we're getting crashed yeah and we got crashed on but lovely stuff yeah i think that's why there's been parallels drawn because we got liverpool next in our uh run of fixtures um by the time the goals run on saturday Papa Blankson says spurs are shit this season but if spurs being bad equals nick's winning playoff games it is a good trade-off. <laughs> Whatever the Knicks are, like I'm sure yeah, that's a basketball yeah. reference. Yeah, New York-based yeah, team. Yeah, they just made it to the semis, Eastern they Conference semis for the first time in like ten years. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, we had a good first ten minutes, but what did you uh, initially first think of the lineup? Yeah. I saw the lineup. A lot of people were giving different formations. I was like, mm. my take was if Mason is really trying to stand on his own two feet, then if you're playing free at the back, it would have he would have to go with the setup of a free um three four two one. Um but from what I gathered, the formation was similar to the Italians that previously left the club. And it showed in the way we got punched up in that first half. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a weird one. Like I thought we started the first ten minutes better, in fact, much better. And you know, it didn't really have any openings. We were sustaining pressure without looking like we were gonna do too much. I thought Richarlison actually got the better of um and Wambasaka a fair few times, even in that little spell, just running in behind and receiving the ball. Like that was all well and good, but unfortunately, his final actions were off. And number one, they went up the other end, just a little ball from Rashford to Sancho, and he just shifts it onto his right and uh, pops it in the far corner, which 
it seemed all a bit too easy. I thought Poro and Romero were quite poor on that side, watching it back. Like, neither of them kind of closed the angle for the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it ended up being a bit of a slug. But, Toes, what did you kind of make of the, I guess, the rest of the first half? I thought we were... I thought it was similar to Brighton in a sense where Spurs still carried a threat when we were attacking. We carried a threat and we were just messing up our final actions. Richarlison, Perisic, Son, even Kane. Kane was poor in the first half. But I thought we we always carried a threat and that showed with some of the openings we, we got into. I think it was Son on the right-hand side. I think Pedro Porro played a nice ball into him. On the right-hand mm. side, it's an easy cross. Kane and Richarlison are waiting in the box. He can't beat the first man. Um, Richarlison on the left-hand side, he's put into space by, I think, Perisic, maybe Perisic or Kane. And he's one on, He's bearing down on goal inside the box. He could have shot, but he instead tries to go for the cross and his left foot, it gets cut out. Um, and then, of course, Perisic had a massive chance, clean through, put through by Harry Kane in the first half and he hits it straight at the goalkeeper. So I I wanted to say that first before I get to the next part. I wanted to say that we did carry an offensive threat throughout the game and that was evident. However, the first the first half performance as a team was shambolic. And I was not impressed at all. Um, you say we had a good first 10 minutes. I don't actually agree um, personally, to be honest. I feel like I feel like the game, yeah, maybe first five minutes, okay. And then Space was the constant theme of the first half for us and Man United. Space, just giving them acres and time, acres of space and time to do what to do as they pleased. The first goal, carbon copy of Joe Linton last week in the lead up to um, Jacob Murphy's first goal. The ball gets shunted out to the left hand mm. side. One one decoy run, similar to what it was against Newcastle, completely distracts Pedro Porro. And again, the same thing as I said last week, if that's the case and he's thinking, I want to follow that guy, okay, cool. Then Romero, you have to engage. This whole business with his hands tied behind his back, backing off, bro, go and engage because you don't want the guy to take a shot at goal. And credit to Sancho, it was a fantastic finish, I must say. It was a really good finish, but it was such an easy goal for Man United. And I think the first half, it was, everything was too easy for Man United. It's similar... Um, similar pattern to how it was in the reverse fixture where they had 28 attempts to our goal we basically give given these guys so much freedom in the pitch making it look like big, these guys are Harlem Globetrotters man Ericsson was popping the ball however he liked Casemiro we spoke about it in Yao in the in the TFL chat about how how poor he was in the ball in the second half but in the first half no pressure no pressure you want to pass it first time cool you want to take two touches cool you want to take three touches cool there were so many times where the ball was played out to the right for Anthony and no one could get tight enough to him. And then he just played the ball into a central area and there's no one in the midfield. There's nobody in the midfield. Just just curious, uh, who played in the midfield? You know who, man. You know who. I've got to say, before you say I, it, I, I think they to... both struggled. They did. They both really they did. struggled. In the first half, they were, they were both poor. They were both poor. Wait, um, who was poor for the whole 90? I'd say uh, still both. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, to be fair, I think Skip played better in the second half. But yeah, like, I, I don't think they had good games. Um, 
But Hoybier, you know it is with, with Hoybier. It's just with Hoybier, it's it's constant. It's constant. That's the problem. It is constant. There's no reprieve from this. There's all there's no I can't remember the last time this guy has given us even a seven out of ten over the course of nine minutes. There is no reprieve from carelessness in and out of possession and meaty passes or passes backwards, just not on. Granted, his his passing improved in the second half, and I think off the ball, Skip did a lot of good work in the second half. But we can't we can't live. We, we, we won't make it out the hood with this double pivot. It just won't work, man. These guys can't play in a two man midfield, and for all intents and purposes, Hoybier just simply cannot play for Spurs anymore. But he's not the only one. I thought the defending for Dyer for the for the Rashford goal was shambolic. But even before that the amount of space and time that Bruno Fernandes is in. Bruno Fernandes from our corner, from our corner, Bruno Fernandes is in so much time. Where's the, where, where is everybody? What, 10 men, 10 men went to go for the, for the corner. Where is everybody? Bruno Fernandes literally has acres of space and time to control the ball, to take one, two touches, look up, see Rashford, play the pass, and of course, we all knew what was going to happen when he had Dyer 1v1. Every single person knew what was going to happen. We didn't even need to, <laughs> we didn't even need to second guess it. Everybody knew what was going to happen in that moment. So for I me, wish I had another drink in my hand. As soon as I saw that ball <laughs> go over, I went, oh fuck. Like I yeah, man. I saw him isolate us like, straight away. I was like, ah oh, no, no, no. This is yeah. Uh, so let me let me talking... get this right. You are disowning Hoviak. Yes, I am. Okay, so so are you coming online to apologize to those that that told you <laughs> this guy should go time ago? Yeah, I'll apologize, apologize to I'll Papa Blankson. Apparently, uh, he reckons he could go to Barton. I'll apologize to Cyan and um, Tops and even Dave, but I won't apologize to you. No, you, <laughs> this this is why this is why you're going to be excited, Yeah, you. Can't, <laughs> Don't bring yourself to apologize. Okay, <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay, we duly noted this. Okay, buddy. Yeah, but so you I know what? You. I said you this did. guy's you ass. Did. You did. You did. You. And you did. To be fair, you did, and I didn't listen. And I still think I still am in the camp of Hoybier having redeemable qualities, but I just can't do this anymore. I can't. I can't do it, man. I'm just. I can't do it. Even when Benton calls in the team, the guy's still erratic. So when he's not in the team, it's it's even worse. Yes, so I, Benton was carrying him and broke his knees. We, we freaking <laughs> 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 the guy. The guy's on the hospital show because he had to carry our other midfielder. Nah, come on, bro. Come on, man. I felt for me in the first half, like, and even though they were culpable for the first goals, I felt like the, the main positive, the only some of the, the only put the, the few positives I could take from the first half, apart from the fact that we carried a fit offensively, was that I felt like Romero and Pedro Porro were trying, like they were actually trying to get on the ball and try to make things happen. I just even I was so disappointed in our front line, man. Honestly, Richarlison actually, oh my days, oh my days. That was oh my, I don't even know what to call that performance. Hey, 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 every hey. single time going to ground, every single time going to ground, throwing himself on the floor, flopping his first, not even his first, just 
just looking like a bumbling buffoon on the ball. Bro, just be be flipping sharp in your actions, man. Just just be effective, bro. Hey. Be effective. Right just now. Just be effective. In what? Since when was COVID? 2020. So let's just call it 2020. Since 2020, I've gone, I've turned on Winks, I've turned on Hoybeard, and now I'm about to mention to you, ladies and gentlemen, the third guy in this list of who <laughs> I'm narrowing down on, and his name is none other than Pichiotto Richarlison. <laughs> uh, listen, £60 million pounds for this Pokemon, and we haven't heard a <laughs> yet. How? How? How have all your goals been offside? Do you know how difficult? Do you know how difficult it is to have scored four goals in a season and have every single one of them chalked off for offside? Every single one. He hasn't even got the benefit of a doubt. John Stone's got the benefit of that a couple of days ago. How can this man not even get the benefit of that? Nah, listen, Richarlison, it's been a long time, a very long time since I've said this. I think the last player I said this for was for Hoybier. For Richarlison. Here we go. The stairs. Like, yeah. Make your way to the top of the stairs. Because it's time <laughs> for you to come on down. Listen, it's time. I can't believe it. We're, we're in May. We're going to be in May next week. This guy's on Nimpois. Zero. Fridge for Nimpois, bruv. He's got no goals in the league. How? How's that even? Burrow! Poro's got two in the league. Poro, who came in January, has got two. Dan Juma, who's freaking being racially abused by everybody in the club. Nobody wants to play this black guy. He's freaking scored a goal. How? How has Richarlison, Mr. I've been in the Premier League for like six years, not managed to score one? How? How is that even possible? You know how hard that is to do? It don't even make sense. It don't even make sense. Even though... Even I know we'll speak about the second goal, but the second half, but even the lead up to the second goal, it's a fantastic cross from Perisic on his outside foot. Oh, yeah, come on, bust, bust a gut to try and get something on that ball. All you need to do is just touch that ball, and that ball's in the back of the net. No, right? actually, I'm not gonna lie to you. If he touched it, I think it would have gone wide. <laughs> that's how that's how bad he is right now. He would have done a, a die up, Jesus Christ. See what though, throughout that first half, whenever we actually got openings in the box and crossing situations, the far post run was always on, always on. And Richarlison actually does put put a couple of good balls across the face of the goal with no runners. Um, and yeah, they just seemed to be a theme of the half where we just had this incohesive attack. And funny enough, Richarlison was the better performer in the first half out of the three of himself, Kane and Son. Um, it's just again, you know, like you've both alluded to, the final actions how, were how our attack was in the first half. Our attackers, sorry, not the attack, attackers. Mm. Mm-hmm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, um, you said earlier as well, Perisic went 1v1, Rashford and are going up the other end, scoring half time 2 0. Booze rang around the stadium. I didn't actually hear the booze that time. I was switching from the north to the south stand. Um, and then we came up better. And this is this is against the depleted United side. Like not only do they have 
a large amount of injuries, they're all pretty fatigued. So while we couldn't start the game much better than them, I'm, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, coming into the half, we we actually started all right. I thought I don't think we looked particularly threatening until um, until Kulizewski came on and then Kane started getting involved in the link up a bit more. And then, um, like you alluded to as well, Poro managed to get his goal just through a bit of sustained pressure not long um, not long game. past the hour. But yeah, Topes, how do you think the, the second half kind of played out to you up until up until we made it 2-1? Because I think we, we made it 2-1, sort of like, I don't want to say early, but we made it, I would say relatively early we made it 2-1, but it felt, like, it felt like Man United were dropping off a little bit. Um, in the first half, I'm, as bad as we were, I must admit, Man United were good, but I feel like we made them look a lot better than they actually are because I don't think United are that team right now. But second half... Second half, I felt like there was there was a clear belief that even at two 0 down, yo, we can get something out of this because uh, I think Bruno Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez's chance aside, I didn't really see like a huge offensive um, threat from Man United in the second half that I did in the first half, and I felt that I felt that um, even in the lead up to Poro's goal, it looked like we were trying to build up a little. A, 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 some head like a little bit of a head of steam and that Pedro Porro goal going in was like okay yeah you finally got your goal now after getting like near crosses and missing 1v1s and this and that now it's time to try and actually go for the the equalizer and I felt like after we got that first goal then all of a sudden you started seeing more chances you saw the sun chance you saw the dire chance and then you saw the, the, the second some chance that, that led to a goal. And, and it just, I felt like the second half for me, um, we just played with di- distinctly, with a distinctly more, we played a distinctly more like purposeful style. I felt like we stopped giving Man United the amount of space that we did in the first half. I felt like we were pressing higher up winning the ball, either in Man United's half or even close to the halfway line. I felt like players like Romero were really helpful in that because I felt like in the second half, his aggressive approach actually helped because he was he was coming tight, he was winning his duels, winning the ball, and he was getting the ball, most importantly, he was getting the ball into the attackers nice and early. So um, I felt like it was, it, was a, it was a much better performance in the second half, but I also think that Man United energy levels dipped. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was going to be inevitable. I just thought it would happen earlier for United to to kind of just show that lack of energy that I thought they just inevitably have just from playing all these games, having all these injuries. And and in the second half, I um, sat with Sai and I felt a little bit sorry for him because he, um, early in the second half, just kept turned around to me when Harry Kane lost the ball off a heavy touch. He was like, he's just got no dog. He's been shit today. So next time he picks up the ball, I just started making dog sounds at him <laughs> just to see his reaction. <laughs> Created the chance for Son, which he missed. Okay, cool. He picks up the ball again. This is after the dire chance as well, I think. Looks up. I'm just going full. At this point, he just puts it in and Son scores. I just had a look at him. I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help it. 
And yeah, I, I thought Kane was um was shouldering the burden quite well in the end. Um see he had to face chance in the first half from United fans say Harry Kane, I'll see you in June kind of thing. Um I don't know if that G'd him up or what, or we just made a tweak where Kane would just start playing deeper. Like I don't remember Kane after the just before the Poro goal, um him having a shot in the box. So um I could be wrong, but I just saw him taking on the deeper role. Um yeah, that second goal aside, I thought um Ryan Mason made some good subs for out. What are your thoughts? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Like I thought... Go on, yeah. I think I think he did make some good subs. I think he made some good subs early as well. Um but I also think he got a bit of life, which is not his fault, um, with Fred coming on. I agree. I think, I think Fred coming on changes the whole dynamic for us. Um, 100%. And yeah, I mean, I was I was glad that Ryan was capable of making those changes. But I, I want to make something very clear um, because I've listened to a lot of other Spurs podcasts, and I want to make something clear. This instance, there is absolutely nothing, and I mean to God, green earth, nothing that Mason can do between now and the end of the season that should earn him the right to put his name in the hat. I don't want his name in the bloody hat. I want a new manager. I want a new sporting director. If we keep Mason on as part of that setup so he can keep learning, so be it. I'm happy for that. But I'm not... Listen, I'm still contemplating whether I'm going to renew my season ticket. If I see Mason in the dugout next season, I'm going to start hurling abuse. And then I'm going to make sure I can find Daniel Levy somewhere in that stadium and I'm going to get a permanent stadium ban because I'm going to... (laughs) I'm going to do what you fans need me to do, and that's absolutely slap his face off. Yeah, there is no reason for Mason to get this job on a permanent basis. No way. He should as an assistant coach and keep learning. Agreed. Um, I think with 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 Mason, right? Um, the sub, the Kulusevski sub was good because Richarlison just had. You know, like it's one of them ones where, like, we're so used to um, Conte dwelling, right? It was only very few, mm. very few matches where um, he would make early changes. We're so used to Conte dwelling, seeing something's not working, and just persisting until it's too late. I felt like we could give Ryan Mason credit because he brought on Kulisewski in the 60, 61st minute, right? Not long after he um, got the first goal. So yeah, exactly. Mm. So we got the first exactly. We got the first goal, two one, and then five minutes later, he doesn't want to rest in these laurels. He says, "You know what? Let's bring on Kulisewski here. We can we can get something. We can get something out of this game." So props to him for making that change. And then even before we went to before we drew the game two two, he even switched to a back four, brought on both Ben Davies and Basuma, uh, Ben Davies and Danjuma um, within the same within the same sub. And I liked that. It allowed, it allowed us to change our shape and actually try and go for the game. And I felt like in that sort of, uh, I would say maybe seventy minute seventy to around probably like minute eighty two, eighty three. I felt like we were we were quite good in terms of our offensive threat in the game, and we definitely could have gone ahead 
Um, if outside of the equaliser, we definitely could have gone ahead, in my opinion. I felt like we created enough second, we created enough chances in the second half to win the game, personally. But I can't be too angry at a draw as well because obviously Man United had their chances too. Um, I one thing I would say about Mason though is I didn't like the Tanganga sub. I really didn't. Um, I was going to ask about that one. I didn't, I didn't mind like it at the time. But... I didn't like it, man. I didn't like it. I felt like. I felt like there's, what, three minutes of normal time to go, plus injury time. We, with the attacking players that we had on the on the pitch and the belief and the instructions that he had given those players to actually go out and attack, obviously culminating in a much better offensive performance in comparison to any game we've probably played this year, we had enough about us to go and win that game of football. I don't think Man United had enough left in the tank. I felt we could have gone out and properly stuck it on them in those final few minutes. And I think they would have caved. Genuinely, I think they would have caved. And I felt like the Tanganga sub just completely sort of, it's like putting a pin to a balloon, just pop the balloon. And we just basically settled for a draw and everyone just sat back and soaked up pressure to see out the game. Um, As I I said, I'm not not angry at it. Sorry, one sec. Uh, I'm not angry at it, but I feel like, come on, like you've got an opportunity to win the game there. Just, Just go and win it. I hear it. I hear it. I mean, maybe there was a bit of PTSD from the Bournemouth game where we did go completely gung-ho and then we, we conceded a 3-2 goal at home to a relegation candidate. And it was with, like, United didn't do a whole bunch in that second half, but whenever they were getting the openings, it was down our right-hand side. And they looked quite dangerous. And then Martial, obviously the rest of the team looked a bit out on their feet, but Martial was still fairly fresh off the bench. Um, Me personally, I was kind of calling for Saar just to kind of give us that control we needed. And then someone, either him or Skip, can shuttle down the right-hand side and help out. I wouldn't have been particularly... I wouldn't have picked Tanganga as the first choice purely because he's not that progressive on the ball. Um, he's just literally there to defend, which, yeah, like you said, it was a negative impact on the team because I really thought we could have got the winning goal as well. We were saying it like we hadn't drawn a home game in the Premier League all season, I don't think. Um, so it seemed inevitable that be goal for one or either team, and um, yeah, we made the sub, managed to plug the whole which was uh, starting to open up down our right-hand side. But at the same time, uh, it just ended up fizzing, fizzing out into nothing in the other. I don't think either team really had a chance in like the final five minutes. But yeah. I could see the thinking behind it. I didn't mind it. It just wouldn't have been my first mm. choice sub. I'm, I minded it, to be honest, because I just, I, I just wanted to win, man. I just wanted to win, honestly. We've got, what, one win in our last five matches? I would have liked to see a win. But as I said, I can't be too angry. In fact, yeah, I can't even be angry considering the fact that we were 2-0 down um, to, to, to draw the game 2-2. Yeah. Yeah. See, it is what it is. It is. Um, well, last time we did this, we lost to Bournemouth, innit? So they were obviously going to be scared. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But on to the next. Uh, Liverpool away. Do we even Not need to preview this? Bro. <laughs> oh, we're losing. 
Do we need yeah, to preview? I, I feel like I'm just going to be asking a few rhetorical questions to close this out, but is there any chance that Mason no. can have no. something for Klopp and Co? No. No. We're losing 3-1. We're losing Comfy. Yeah. Yep, I agree. 3-1. In fact, maybe you know him. You know what? Maybe 3-2. No, no, but no. We'll, we'll, but score we'll, first. we'll score first. We'll go into the half 1-0 up. Will struggle for the first 15 of the second half. And the 72nd minute, Salah will score the equaliser. We'll give away a penalty. And in the 90th minute, the nail in the coffin, Salah again, 3 1. Done. <laughs> the thing is, we've been we've been to Anfield too many times and have actually put in some good performances to I've know what to expect. To, to know what to expect now. Spurs and Anfield. It's like mixing Marmite into a cocktail. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. We don't do well at Anfield. Even when we've played well, we've never got our, we've never got what we deserve. And now when we're bad, no chance. And I know Liverpool suck as well, but they've got a strong home record. They've got a really strong home record. And they probably want to back themselves to try and go on as best a run as possible and see where they finish come game 38 in terms of the top four race. I don't think they're getting top four, but they have a favourable run of games. And I feel like this is a game for them that they'll probably they'll probably faff about in moments with, but they'll ultimately get the job done as they always do. I can't remember the last time Liverpool have actually put in like a, a superb 90-minute performance against Spurs at their ground. And yet, when was the last time Spurs have won? When was the last time Spurs have won there? The, uh, last year. When was the last time and, we even and, took points? Man, last year. Last oh, year. Last we, year, last year we even, we nullified Salah. We nullified Mane. We basically nullified all of their big hitters and still, still didn't win the game of football. The year before that, with um, with Steven Bergvine, with all those chances and Jose um, playing the good... The, Counter-attacking when it when it looked like we were going to get a point, what happened? We lose the game right at the end. The year before that, the year before that, what happened? What happened at Anfield? We lose the game in the closing stages. The year before that, lose the game in the closing stages. Even the year before that, when we had penalties, Harry Kane had two penalties. Yeah, we get a penalty to do what? To rescue a draw because Mo Salah had scored. No, uh, uh, no yeah. that penalty. That penalty was to win. The first penalty no, 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 was. No, no. To win. Oh, yeah, no, the first, that's uh, what I'm saying, was, he had two yeah. penalties, but I'm saying the, the last penalty was to flip and equalise, because in the moments between him missing the first penalty and the that end of the game, good. of course, somehow they managed to score. So yeah, and the, you know who's at fault for both of those? Just say, Harry Kane not having no dog in him to, to score that first penalty, and Hugo Lloris being drunk to get beaten at his near post. Uh, I don't think he got beaten at his near post. That was a good finish from Salah, to be fair. But Lloris is a bozo. We know that. The point I'm making is this, right? We don't win at Anfield. It doesn't matter what shape, what tactic, what manager, what moment Spurs are in. Spurs and Liverpool, it doesn't go together. It's a bad fit. And Spurs, for that reason, are going to lose on Sunday. Simple. Same with us and Stamford Bridge. We've just... I don't know what judge... Half the Nigerian supporters of Spurs have banged, but it's obviously come back to bite us because it didn't go through. Whatever 419 fraud that they tried to commit, it got rescinded. And so, because of that, Spurs cannot win at Stanford Bridge consistently and they can't win at Anfield consistently. 
we need Nigerians like Toby to apologize, but he won't because he's very I stubborn. I have apologized to the man then. No, you need to apologize to me in front of everyone. Nah, no, never. <laughs> that reason, we're not going to win. We're just not going to win. I knew you two on a podcast would be fun. <laughs> what do you reckon, Owen, for Liverpool? What do you think? I think we'll probably think? still lose. Um, I want to see three star two. I, I want. I need to see Mason three in Matt. midfield. Sorry, I thought you were going to say that Mason might have a little something cooking for them. Yeah, I was just stirring the pot, but I wasn't <laughs> cooking anything. <laughs> Thank you. I'm quite proud of that. Um, Who's the three in midfield? If we're going to see that, the, the only three we have available: Sar, <laughs> Skip, and Hoybier. Uh, and I would just drop Richarlison, have them have Richarlison, Kulusevski, Dandre on the bench to come on. If the game state is still a draw, or, or see we're losing, we have to get back into the game. Uh, mm-hmm. But we need some kind of control, especially like Liverpool's midfield aren't great. Like I know they've made a tweak recently where Trent inverts more and they cover him in other which ways, which are slightly different, but. That's the only way we're going to try and get any kind of result because a midfield battle against um, their midfielders is is very winnable. We we just need bodies in there, but we don't tend to play that way. We don't have the players available anyway. We need need to go there and have Alisson sent off in the first five minutes, penalty received, Kane scores. We defend for 10 minutes. We then go 3-0 up at halftime. They come out the second half, all guns blazing. We then win 5-0. We need that kind of freak result. But it's not going to happen. You know what's going to happen? Exactly what I just said, reverse. And we're going to lose 5-0. Cool. You know what? Cool. Might be four with four string goal. In terms of of how we want to line up, though, um, I am with you. I think we we definitely should play the three in midfield. But I think, annoyingly, (laughs) even though I don't like it with this group of players, we have to play three at the back. We have to. I yeah. think we'd be. I think with the with the players that we have available, I think it would just be so stupid for us to go to Anfield and play a back four. And even with Davies back fit, I don't. I don't think he's a hundred percent because I feel like if he was a hundred percent, Brian Mason starting him ahead of Perisic. Do you get what I'm saying? So I oh, don't yeah. want to see a back four of Perisic, Longley slash Dyer, Romero, and Pedro Porro at Anfield. We'll get absolutely. Ruined, and I feel like a back five, a back five gives Pedro Porro that extra protection and allows him to go forward and 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 influence the game in the best way he he can. And I feel like Richarlison is not playing anywhere near well enough to warrant a start at Anfield. So I don't really want to see him starting. Um, Dan Juma would probably be the only attacker I would say warrants a start um, alongside Son and Kane because obviously Son Son's not really playing well, but he's scoring at the moment. Um, but to be honest, I would scrap that and just play the two, play Son and Kane up in the two and play the three in midfield, play the um, the wing-backs and the three centre-backs. It's It's got to be the way we do it. It's got to be the way. And I would put Skip, I would put Skip. The thing is, Skip, I was like, I wasn't even trying to be like overly harsh on Oliver Skip because I do recognise what he has done for Spurs and the role he stepped into, especially last year when we were on our knees. And I think I think there clearly is um, a, a decent player there who, at the very least, deserves to be in the squad. But I, I, heading into next season, you don't want 
players like Oliver Skip to be a mainstay because I don't think he's good enough on the ball to be a mainstay. I, I just don't. I don't. Right. And you can you can shake your head all you want, but what he is good at. What he really is good at is the defensive side of the game, tracking runners, winning tackles, dual type situations. I think he's good in these things. And I think at Anfield, I would stick him on Trent. Genuinely, I would stick him on Trent. I would. Wait. He's not doing gonna... the face what you think he is, by the way. He, ain't gonna throw he, no wants, this, he wants this for your knees now. <laughs> Who's on knees? <laughs> not us. What? I just saw baby all day. Yo, you need to. No, no. You need hey, to pause. What what do you mean on our knees? Not, not us. Uh, you may be on your knees, but we ain't on our knees. Why are you throwing that kind of terminology out here and you're not saying pause? What's wrong with you, B? <laughs> huh? Where do you see Skip's future, yo? Because a lot of people have been talking on the timeline about it. Like, do we stick or twist? Like, does he have a place next season? Do we just sell him outright, cash in now? No, 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 no. You can't sell him. There's no point. Premier League loan. You can't sell yeah. him. I think I think he has to go on a Premier League loan. But I, like, there's, there's a massive risk by doing that. You send him out on a Premier League loan, and you're 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 taking a big risk because he might not get played. Yeah, but if he goes to a club that you know thinks you know he's got redeemable qualities and plays him, then he gets the Premier League experience. He gets the play time. Uh, because honestly, we need. I think next season with whatever manager we have, we need to have a deep line def- uh, defensive midfielder that can collect the ball from the defense and link it with either the midfield or the forward line. Well, and we need other playmakers around that player. I don't think that skips best trait. I think his best trait is actually just breaking up play. And then just shifting it on, and that doesn't work right now with him playing with Hoiberg because, like, basically he breaks up the play. He looks up, and Hoiberg is standing behind Kane with both his hands behind his back, pause, and, you know, just directing traffic. That's why Skip said what he said about him in the changing room when we when we got pumped by Newcastle. You know, so I think I think personally, for me, it's either Skip goes out on loan to a Premier League club or. He stays, but gets rotated into the team um, alongside ball-playing midfielders. You know, he doesn't need to be playing alongside Hoybeer. That's just that's just a death rest waiting to happen. Agreed. And this is the this is the point I was trying to make um, in the chat um, yesterday. Um, I definitely think there's a place for him. I don't think he should go out on loan. And I even think, from a homegrown perspective, he probably can't afford to loan yeah, him out. Um, but I, beyond the homegrown aspect, I feel like there is a place for a midfielder in our team who is just who just goes about their business and can actually be trusted in defensive phases. And I think I think he's proven that he can be that for us um, when he has the right setup around him. When he isn't asked to go and like be the the, the right the right a right midfielder like Conte was using him in parts of last season and some parts of this season, when he isn't asked to be the one to receive the ball and distribute, if he's playing alongside someone, for me, primarily in a three-man midfield, then he can do his thing. Um, Sai mentioned Mm. that he could work in a double pivot in a 4-2-3-1. For me, that's still three midfielders, but yes, it can work because you would still have the playmaker up top at the top end of the pitch and you'd still have maybe someone like a Benton core next to him that he can play alongside with. So his job is just strictly focus on the on the defensive side 
I'm actually with Yao. I think my ideal mid, my ideal midfield composition. I would love for a pass, a pass master to to sit at the base of our midfield, and then I would love another creative midfielder um, to focus on the other end of the pitch. But I don't think we're going to get that next season, and I don't think, um, in all honesty, we should prioritize both. I think we should, if we're going to do it, we, we probably want to get one and use most of our efforts on the defence. That's the way I see it. And I feel like Basuma, I actually feel like Basuma, we could use him in that lone six role. I know he doesn't maybe have the the um, the underball qualities of a of a Rodri or a party, but I feel like basic technical quality on the ball, he has that. He's, he's a good player. This is a really good player. He's yeah. very precious. He's very press resistant. He can dribble with the ball and he's not a bad pass on the ball. I think short spaces, similar to Benton Cole, he can find his man and he will take the risk with the pass. We just need to be able to put, as I said, like many men have said, like David said, like Sai said, like you man have said, like Toxa said, we just need to put these guys in positions where they can be their best selves. And that just doesn't happen or that hasn't happened enough this season at Spurs. Well, that's mainly because of that stupid Italian that you sang songs for. Yeah, we're glad that we got it. I can't believe they're doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're glad we got rid of it. But I've seen just uh, Papa has put in the chat that the Athletic has said we're down to Enrique and Nagelsmann. It has to be an argument. It, like if it's down to those two, we have to go for the manager that we we possibly could be building on for five, six, seven seasons. Like Absolutely. we need that. We actually need that. It's well, we we don't have the right to even argue for anything else. Enrique is is a flamboyant signing. I ain't got time for that. We actually need somebody who's going to be here for five, six, seven seasons. Even if it means right, like. I've seen fans saying, oh, we need to get Kane signed. Uh, listen, we need to move on. Yeah, this this freaking spiritual bondage that these men have over certain players. We need to move on, bro. Like, we've, we've been here before. We lost Berbatov. We moved on. We lost freaking Gareth Bell. We moved on. We, we lost Modric. We moved on. Yes, granted, we it took us forever to replace these players. But you have to move on from these guys. Like, seriously, as much as Kane has done he's great things and all that kind of stuff. We've also put him in positions to win trophies and with him alongside other players, they haven't done it. So we need to move on and freaking get back to actually doing something good footballing wise, because I'm not here to listen to all the business aspect and us running formula one for the next 10 seasons. I'm not here hmm. for none of that stuff. Yeah. So the overriding thing on skip, uh, there's too many limiting factors on him right now, but yeah, in a better structure next season, he can be a good squad player. Harry Kane, I think. I think we only sign this playmaker, which um, Tosa was talking about earlier. If we do sell Kane, I'm in agreement. I'm not sure we sign a playmaker of, of someone of the fee and ilk of of James Madison unless we were to sell him. Um, but yeah, who knows what happened there in Nagelsmann clear favorite for me as well ahead of Enrique um that's an easy one that I would even have I don't want Enrique a Vincent company or an onslaught ahead of Enrique currently if it came down to it if if it was a pecking order but yeah my my clear favorite still Nagelsmann to be honest 
For me, I agree. And I think Spurs need to do Spurs. And I say Spurs, when I say Spurs, I mean Levy. Levy needs to do everything in his power to, to get um, Nagelsmann because initially I thought it was a pipe dream, but every single person who's credible and has something about them when it comes to breaking news have said that Spurs are actually yeah. in talks with Nagelsmann. So well, there's right no... Here, there's some interesting quotes as well. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, there's no... That's, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bring, bring both of them. Everything positive, everything positive has literally fallen into Daniel Levy's hands, and only he can butcher this. Only, and he's done it before. Only Big he facts. Can, only can butcher this. So don't be surprised if next week we find out neither of them are coming. Nagelsmann has turned us down. Like this guy is—he's such an absolute rat, and his face looks like a rat, and he looks like a bloody weasel. I freaking can't believe this guy is our chairman, bro. Why has nobody slapped him? He's accessible, people. He's actually accessible. You saw what Everton did to their freaking their chairman. Oh, let hey, me just say, uh, let's not condone that. That was we're running up on Anthony Gordon. They were gonna punch him up. We're gonna punch up. You need to let these men know you're paying your hard-earned money for these men to mess up your club. Nah, stop this. Stop this right now, bro. Seriously, I know Daniel Levy is one of those like. He's one of those funny man that listens to everything that gets said about him. So I know he's definitely going to catch this in some way, shape or form. Hear me and hear me good. Your one job for this freaking summer is to get Nagelsmann and get us a sporting director. I don't care if it's Ragnick or someone yeah. that Nagelsmann like. Just get us those two people and sign a defensive freaking centre-back and a goalkeeper. If you don't get one of those four things done... ฉันยังไม่ได้ยินคำตอบคุณครับยังไม่ได้ยินคำตอบคุณครับยังไม่ได้ยินคำตอบคุณครับยังไม่ได้ยินคำตอบคุณครับยังไม่ได้ยินค
by Messi. Who doesn't? Yeah, and I like he's gonna cost what a hundred million. We need a young. How old is he? 21? 20? 21. 21. We need a a good young defender that we can rest our our like stocks in for the next ten years. Literally, like we've had freaking Dyer at the club for leaning nine seasons. We we need a young centre back. I know Indicos up there, but I swear he's gonna be uh free transfer, no? Yeah, he could end up going to someone like Barcelona or something. But, but I mean he's still there. Like if he chirps, you flirt, you offer him a chance to give like we'd we'd be able to give him first team football, obviously. Like it'd be pretty much first choice if you came to Spurs. Why not both that counts for something? Exactly. Why not if I was gonna I was gonna be with Yao, like if he's Evan a friend, Oh, for both. Yeah, Evan, Evan and Dicker presents an opportunity for Spurs to sign. So what's the thing that we've spoken about that we've all wanted for the past, last summer and this summer? We want two, two young, dynamic centre-backs that can get Spurs playing further up the pitch and can defend in isolation and are good in the air, right? Yeah. From what I've seen of Endika, he looks a good player. He does. I don't, I don't think he looks a great player, but he looks a good player and certainly someone who can improve Spurs. And he's going to cost you zero million pounds in transfer fees. Bring him in. Bring him in and then chuck your money towards that Titan centre-back that you're looking for. That that gives you two centre-backs right there. That gives you What's two the, centre-backs right there. The one that um, James Watkins is putting in, in the... Um, is he at Leverkusen? Yes. Yeah, he is. Hincapi. Bella Kostak is a shout, though. To, to play mm-hmm. Romero, he is a... If Southampton go down... Yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. you know what? Yep, if Southampton go down, we should be all over that to play right. Romero because he's quality defensively. He is quality, man. He is he's quality. I, he's young I, as well. I haven't watched he's enough Southampton games. All I know is that Southampton are going down. So, so, so yeah, sell to me. But he, but he me why, why this he was, he's, I think he, he's had he's had a lot of injuries. He had, I think he had um, I can't remember what injury he had, but he had a he had a big injury this season. But is he back now? Yeah, he's back now. He's back now. I think he's a, I think he's a really good centre back, man. For oh, his he's... age, he's at like 21, 22. I think he's a really good centre back, man. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I feel like if they go down, you might be able to get him, and you won't pay a, a lot. So if you were to get him and then get your your uh, your 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 more established first teamer that's actually going to play predominantly on the left hand side. You've we've now signed someone to play left centre back and right centre back. So it's either Endika and the Laka Gavardio or whoever, and they're both left centre back, and you get rid of Dyer and you don't sign Longley, or you bring in uh, whoever it is you want to play on the left side. Bring in someone like Bella Kochap. And then you have Bella Kocha, Romero on the right-hand side. And then you have your left centre-back. So you have the three that you can say, these are my trusted. And then you have an auxiliary centre-back in someone like maybe a Ben Davies, if you want to play a back three. I, as you've noticed, I just want to get rid of Dyer altogether. I'm, I'm not mentioning any of these permutations. I'm not. Get rid of him completely. I'm not completely mad at that because at the end of the day, he's taking up um, a non-homegrown spot as well. As mm-hmm. uh, not performing well for the club. Can I, um, can I ask, well, can this I ask season on, on the on the defensive front? Yeah. Yeah. So, Bella, how much do you think Bella will cost us? Maybe like twenty million. Okay, twenty million. We're gonna say Indica is 
a free transfer, yeah? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just throwing hypotheticals at you. So that's two defenders there for 20 million. And then uh, Gavardia, or, or however, the, 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 the way that freaking Toby wants to mention it. Gavardia, <laughs> yeah? If we got those three, what is that? What, 120, 140? Probably about 100 to 120. But I, the problem with someone like Gavardio is Spurs aren't going to get Champions League football. Forget all of that. Oh, forget. Yeah, but the there teams is... that him are, Spurs, I, I personally don't think we can sign Vardio, but, but we need to get someone of his ilk. I, I'll, I'll say this right now, yeah. This is this is where Spurs' big problem is. The reason why I say forget all of that, yeah, is because United, as bad as United can be for multiple seasons, yeah, the reason why they will always be considered or looked at as a team to, you know, potentially challenge for the title or whatever, even Chelsea. They don't care what competition they're in. All they're building for is for the future. They do it consistently. Whether they get wrong, right, they build for the future. Yeah, if we are serious or trying to be serious, it would be Bella and Dekar, Gavardia, and then you've spent 120 to 130 million. Remember, we got this apparent cash injection of 150 million. But you've now, if, if you're taking that cash injection of 150 million, you've now got 20 million minus any player sales because we haven't sold any players at this point in my hypothetical thinking. But mm-hmm. whenever we do sell some of these players, we've then got an additional cash cash injection to go and find a goalkeeper. And that's four positions sorted. We've we've got Destiny coming back. So that's our that's literally our left-sided starting left back, left wing back. We've got Spence, Poro, Emerson. We will need a midfielder. We will have Basuma coming back. Benton Cole won't come back till Christmas. So we're going to need probably one, one midfielder, at least one midfielder. And everyone can forget us getting another forward because we're not getting one. Like, un- unless Kane goes, we're actually not getting one. I think that's the only way, if Kane goes, which I expect yeah. him to. I, think I, will go. I don't think he does. <laughs> I think that guy's staying put. Yeah, I think that I think Daniel Levy, this is the one thing that Daniel Levy will spite his absolute nose on. Um, and yeah, like he will spite his entire nose on and keep him. He would rather him go for free. The goalkeeper, I've been I've been looking at a few goalkeepers, and there, there is a there is a little still. Um, I haven't checked his his um season so far, yeah. But Valencia look like they're gonna go down. Mama Dasvilli, I think yeah. the name is how yeah. well, how you said the name. And he is, he is a young goalkeeper. That they have good? Been, right? They've said he's good. The Georgian. So what, 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 what vibes are you getting? Are you getting? Let me. Who's a good young goalkeeper that's performing in this league? Um, are you getting Henderson at Sheffield United vibes when you read what you're reading, or are you getting Meslier at Leeds vibes? Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research on this guy then because I've seen his yeah, name I, too many times. Yeah, I need to I need mm. to look at more games, but that is definitely more Henderson than than that piece of crap at Leeds. That guy's ass. I don't even I don't even know why people talk highly about him. he's shit. Nah, <laughs> he's got potential, Melia. He's no, got potential. No, he is absolutely cack. In his first season for Leeds, I thought he was I thought he was actually good with issues, but he's just. He's just too error prone. He literally is a child in goal, man. He Which literally is a child in goal. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. Like Kepa, 
I heard one Chelsea fan telling me Kepa's had a had a better season than than his previous ones. I thought that guy's ass. He's absolutely woeful. He's a mistake waiting to happen. And you know who we say that about? The drunk guy, Hugo Lloris. I do like that love a COVID option, even though he's like a football manager go-to. Who's that? And it has been for like three or four years. The, the Croatian goalkeeper at the World Cup. He was good. I like what, what team is he at right now? Yeah, he was good. Well, I Zagreb, I think. Have we got good ties with Zagreb? That's where we got Modric from. Mm-hmm. And plus, they uh, they probably have a bit of sympathy for us after what they did to us in the Europa League. Yeah, that was that was the players' you fault. Know. But people like Toby blamed Jose, but it's fine. You know, it's, it's all right, baby. It was both. It was both, brother. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you if you if you can't admit that, that you're wrong, that's fine. No, no, no. It was both. We were all right. No, 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 it's all right, it's all right, it's all right, just admit you're wrong, get it, that's all, that's all. I think, listen, I think we need to make five big signings this summer, we need to definitely sell, I think we just need to sell three players, we've got one big problem, one of the biggest problems we have is our, uh, no, the fun, stop that, pop up, man, the fun is, you're talking about five, six years ago, that guy can go to hell, I'm not, we're not having the fun on that French goalkeeper. Um, I think we have a big problem with our low knees coming back. Regulon comes back. Andombele comes back. Winks comes back. And it looks like none of the clubs that they've gone to are going to take him. No. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Big problem. Because, you know, the, like we need to shift. We need to shift players like Hoybjerg, Richarlison, Winks. We could probably keep regular, to be fair, but it's like suspect. He, oh my god, that that guy. We haven't spoken about him in years, but that freaking you needs to absolutely leave this club. His name's gonna get mentioned again in the summer, and then the Ian Wright meme's just gonna pop up again. Oh, damn, I thought he was dead. Wow. Yeah, it's like another injury, man. I don't even know when he's due back. Uh, he's not uh, even been spoken about as someone that can come in for Perisic while he's been that was the worst player for us yesterday by the way like no who? one's been calling for like ah oh, Sessignon like if he comes back and just who was the worst there. player for us yesterday I thought I thought it was Perisic nah you didn't think it was Son no I saw Perisic turn the ball over needlessly two yeah, but times he put, to, say, to not see him yeah, he created a good chance for Dyer. That's fair. No, I even I even forgot Rodon. Rodon could get a little fee. We need to sell these guys. Agree. It will be cool to see what the newly promoted clubs do when they get promoted, because they tend to be quite free flowing in their spending, and they tend to look at kind of fringe Premier League players as some players that can perform. Like I think a newly promoted team might come in for winks. Um, the Celso, like Blanks has said, could go to Aston Villa for like a young 15, 20. I'm not sure. Um, and Dombele, I'm open to keeping, but um, I just don't think he'll stay. I I think Rodon could go to a newly promoted team as well. I think, I think, I think Ndombele's time is 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 done, bro. If I'm being done, man, honestly, and I love Ndombele, but it's, it's over. The fact, the fact that he can't even be like considered to be a, an actual like you know 
Uh, Napoli are going to win Serie A, and they're probably not even going to think he he was part of the team. Like how? <laughs> like like yeah, how? He wasn't. Not that much. See, so nobody cares, bro. Like we we actually need to get rid of these guys. Sadly, but they have to go. They have to go. One, time, one person needs to just retire is Winks. Winks needs to retire. And, and when play well with Sampdoria, I mean that's nice. I, but I think. Know, I think I think yeah as well. Like obviously, um, one point you made is about Spurs being stronger when it comes to selling the players that they wouldn't normally put on the chopping block, like a Harry Kane. If Harry Kane doesn't want to sign a new deal, Spurs actively Spurs actively need to push to, to sell him this summer. They really but, do. You know, they you know really what? Yeah, I want to say I'm going to say something about this. Yeah, if Harry Kane doesn't want to sign a new contract and he wants to do all of this, oh, I'm going to run my contract down. Spurs need to go into the market, buy another striker, and sell Kane abroad. None of this, none of this. Oh, we're selling him to another club in England, and then what will happen is this: because Kane doesn't want to go abroad. What this is what will happen? Kane will be like, "No, nah, I don't want to go abroad." He he will stay, run down his contract. He won't be part of the team. Like we we actually need to start putting fear into these players because it's either we're going to get the bear out of them or we're going to shift them out, and that's one thing that. As much as I don't respect Pep in terms of how he treats players, um, how he treats certain players, I should say, one thing I do respect is how he can drive fear into players. Came into the team, didn't like how Aguero was playing, said, cool, hey, board, go get me another striker. Got Gabriel Jesus, immediately put him in. When when Aguero's mindset changed and it was like, no, 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 I'm going to play for the team, he brought him back in. Like, and Aguero then went on to sign, I think Aguero went on to sign, like, another, like, one-year additional, like, contract or two-year additional contract. Because that, that that season, he could have gone. He could have easily gone. But he stayed because he was like, yeah, you know what? I want to be here and all that kind of stuff. All of this tit for that with Kane, I ain't got time for it. If you don't want to be here, honest to God, bounce. Yeah, because, like, we've, we've taken you to three finals. You've not even turned up in any of them. So I don't really care. Yeah, like I lo- I lost the 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 love affair that other people have for Kane millions of times like, years ago. Like I ain't got time for it. Actually, they ain't got time for it because this season this guy scored what twenty plus goals. I can't name you. I actually cannot name you. And this is not even me being harsh. I can't name your performance this season where I thought he was lightning. Not one. No, and probably, a no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that there isn't one. There probably is one. I'm telling you off the mm-hmm. top of my head. I can't name you one. So that should give you a clear indication as to what I think his season has actually been. I think him, yeah. um, even Richardson, Kuliseski, all of them have stunk up the joint all season. The thing is with no. Kane, though, like, I think his general performance has stunk. But the, 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 the fact of the matter is with him, at least he's been probably the only player in our team that's actually given us some element of consistency. In fact, in fact, he's the only player that has given us consistency from start to finish. He's still scoring. Still scoring. He's still scoring. But my point is this: him still scoring shows that he has un like unwavering ability in front of goal. That is the one thing nobody can take away from him. In front of goal, him scoring, he's the guy. Yeah, but that's not what we need. Spurs need a team, an actual team, yeah, that can compete with other teams. Right now, we have Harry Kane and the 10 disciples that haven't been praying to God for the last 15 years. 
yeah, all these men are just sinners. What kind of nonsense is this? We ain't got time for that. Like, these men are aging badly. Like, Son is, Son's what, 31? Playing like he's 36. Kane's going to be 30. Legs are going. Dyer plays like he's 42. Can't turn. Hoiberg, freaking veteran league. I've never seen a guy unable to turn like this in my life. Why? We, we're going to get a, a massive influx of young young players coming back off loan this summer. Hill, Spence, um, Emerson comes back off injury if he's not fully off now. Basuma comes back from injury. Destiny. Like, Romero's, what, 23, 24? This is, a, this is a new young batch that we're actually bringing through. So if Kane's staying, stay. Be the leader or be willing to rotate because right now, we're getting killed. We're actually getting killed. We play this guy week in, week out, three times a week, 90 minutes. No, no, no way, no how, no rotation. Richarlison can't come off the bench because he's absolutely shit. Dan Juma can't come off the bench because he's black. Like everything's just gone to puts. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. I don't even understand what's going on. Son can give you an absolute stinker. He can go cry in the corner and he will stop. What is that all about? Why have we allowed this to happen? It's, it's absolutely a farce. These players need to really look at themselves, yeah? Because I'm telling you, they don't deserve nothing but booze from us, the fans. They don't deserve... Like, this season that they've given us is an absolute farce. Absolute farce. So this summer, if Kane stayed, listen, if he stayed, I still want another striker. I'm not even going to lie to you, man. Like, I've... like. <laughs> I don't want... Because uh, the player that I want sold the most is not even Kane, funnily enough. The player I want sold the most is Richarlison. I want him gone. <laughs> that guy is shit. Yeah? He needs to go immediately. He needs to take himself and his bird food to another company because I ain't got time for this crap. He is god-awful. Is he going to be... But is he going to be sold, though? I'm... I'm, Richie, I'm, you know, I'm Richarlison. I'm, he's been shit, but I'm calm with keeping Richie to see if he can go next season, personally. But... I don't. I don't know if he's going to stay this summer. I don't know. He might be thinking to his age. He might be in his agent's ear saying, "Get me a move where I can be a, a regular starter. I've not enjoyed this." Um, he might be thinking that, and Spurs might be thinking, "You know what? It's not worth. Let's sell him." But his stock is ultra low now, so I don't know what that looks like in terms of a deal. But I still think, as bad as he's been this season. There's still there, there genuinely still is a market for Richardson. I believe that 100 percent I really believe yeah. that. The guy that can't, I still believe, can't I, I still believe that he can, he can he can score goals at Spurs. The guy that can't get ahead of Son. But that's that's yeah, that's a mixture of things. <laughs> a mixture of what? Please tell me. A mixture you... of him being a mixture of him being shit and Son being undroppable. Uh-huh. How's Son undroppable? He Just isn't. Human. That's my point. That's my point. He isn't undroppable, but the managers okay. treat him like he's undroppable. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Listen, man. Listen, you, this is this is what Spurs got me doing. Yeah, cool. <laughs> hey, hey, listen. You know, you know, you know. It's been a bad season for Tops when he's, re- he's reduced the amount of Spurs memorabilia wear that he's wearing. Like now, now I've seen Tops in different attire, different hats. Normally, Tops has at least. You know, like something Spurs affiliated. Wait, Tops or me, or you? Do you, you mean me or Tops? Which no, I'm talking about you, sorry, Toby. Like, oh. yeah, you, you normally you have something, but no, not no more. They've they've absolutely clapped you this season. Nah, man, Bun Spurs. 
And what's mad is I saw there was this nice, there was, because I was looking for hoodies on Nike the other day and there was this really nice hoodie, black. Coincidentally, it was a Spurs hoodie. And I said, oh, this is nice, but nah, 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 no mass, no mass. No, 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 no. Done. How many players did, we need to sell loads, man. We're in a very bad, bad position. I think we need to, we need, we, we always say this, but I genuinely believe Spurs need to sell like, like nine, 10 players this summer. And when I say sell, I mean sell on a permanent or loan out. Like, I, I think at the very least, we need to, we need to loan five, sell four. I think that's two. the five you would loan. Cause I would loan, I would actually loan Chet Spence, you know. If Emerson, Emerson is going to be kept, right? I would loan him because there's no point in having three right backs. Genuinely, I would loan him. Give me out. Give me out on this. If we got somebody like Nagelsmann in, yeah, I'm I'm gonna okay. So I'm gonna say the four that I think we should sell. But if we get somebody like Nagelsmann in, I think you can keep the three right backs. Hear me out, because you could play Spence or Emerson as a right back or right wing back, and you could push Poro further up. You can actually have Poro more as an attacking right-sided player. The four I would sell, Winks, Hoiberg, and Nambele, Sanchez, wait, wait. Sanchez, Sanchez, good. and Tanganga. um, no, because of the homegrown, we got to be careful with that. So, Winks, Hoiberg, Sanchez, and the fourth player I would sell is Hugo. Yeah. You don't need to tell him though. He's going on a free. His contract is up at the end of the season. Oh! So, we thank God. What is done? No more mm. drunk Frenchmen. Hey, listen. Yeah, then let me, let the me contract review is that. up at the end of the season. You didn't let know. Yeah. Him and Lucas Moro, contract is up. Let contract me review that. Okay. So, Winks, Hoiberg, Sanchez, Rodon. That's the four. Fair. That's the four with Hugo going on a free, Mora going Mora on a free, going on free. Um, and then you could loan out. Oh, you can't really. I, I really feel bad to say this, but you probably loan out Gil. No, I don't want to loan out Gil. I'll probably loan out um, Endombele to be fair. So what if you were so so what you would keep Gil and have him as deputy for Kulu? Actually, you know what? Don't worry. We'll discuss this. We'll, we can discuss this once the season's yeah. over, innit? But, yeah. I, did, I actually didn't know that Hugo... But wait, wait, wait. Are you sure Hugo's season... I swear I'm he's got one more year. Nope. His nah, let me know because I'm going His to... I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> I, 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 hey. if, if... Yeah. It is the summer. Oh, for flip's sake... It's not this summer. It's next summer. I thought it was this summer. Uh, I thought it was this summer. Say, they would have announced it by now as well. Uh, oh, me. my days, man. See this, Toby. He could bro. still probably oh, leave this season. Uh, man, Toby, I you think he probably up. will. He gave us hope that we... You're, you're waved. You're waved, Toby. You're so absolutely waved. waved. Imagine you're getting waved. Fucking hell. Freaking red-eyed, bro. Bloody hell. Huh? One bit of information. For the audio listeners, by the way, he's got his head in his hands. He can't believe there's like this kind of in this? chance. Toby, you've taken massive L's this week. This freaking season. I can't believe that. I thought his contract was done. Richarlison, Drunken Lloris, 
freaking Antonio Conte and now this super L's. Oh my gosh. You know what's crazy? I did actually think, why have I not heard much news about it? Like his contract yeah. is up. Sell him back to France. What what, what have he started his career with? Spurs Spurs need to get a new goalkeeper. If Spurs get buy a new goalkeeper this summer, then Lloris basically doesn't have to play, man. Honestly, just do it. I'll just put him on garden and leave. Well, on that note, boys, it's been a very eventful evening. Like we we got way more out of that pod than I thought. I thought we were just gonna cover United and Liverpool and we ended up landscaping the squad for next season. Um with a slim chance of a drunk goalkeeper still being uh <laughs> aided and uh cheered on by drunks and wave supporters. It's gonna be a fun time from now until the end of the season. Um just want to shout out to all the people in the comments tonight, Papa Blanks and again James Watkins, King Capital just joining and and the rest really. It's been a fun stream. Scott Hall, Goldberg, thank you. Um the New Spurs order. We do our streams most Thursdays or Fridays. Audio will be out early Saturday morning. And uh for now, catch us on either Twitter or again on one of our streams. On debut, on has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.